Happy Easter to everybody. My name is Mark. Brett and I are going to each share a, por- a part of the message today. Um, we're kind of coming from our homes to yours. And so I want to welcome everybody to Easter at South Point. Maybe this is your first time. I especially want to welcome all of our guests. First time here at South Point. I want you to know something. God loves Downriver, which includes you. Um, and we want to win Downriver to Christ, which means we love you as well. And we want to point everybody to Jesus, the hope of the world. Hope that we found. Listen, we gather every week together. Right now it's online, but hopefully soon it'll be in person. And I want to ask you a question. What comes to your mind or how does Easter every day sound? Easter every day. Kids, students out there, I'm glad that you are with us, kind of at your homes watching with us. Um, what about you? What do you think about Easter every day? Would you give it two thumbs up? What do you think about it? What would it look like? I don't know, maybe some of you think of the Easter bunny, right? <laughs> Easter bunny. I don't know, Easter bunny every day might be scary to me, kind of like these pictures right here. Um, or maybe you think of Easter chocolate. Oh, dude, all the Easter chocolate you could ever eat, right? Or maybe you think of the big, huge family meal. Everybody getting together, ham, mashed potatoes, deviled eggs, green bean casserole, or maybe you do Italian or Polish or whatever you do, like the big, huge meal. What if you did that every day? Does that sound pretty sweet? I don't know, man. You probably end up like this cat or like this kid. This is really what we would feel like. Why did I do that? I... Maybe some of these sound, no matter how, if they sound fun or or horrible, that's not what we mean when we say Easter every day. Because Easter really has nothing to do with eggs and bunnies and chocolate or big family meals. It really has, it's only about one and only one thing. Listen how the Apostle Paul summarizes it in 1 Corinthians. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for us. Our, our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's it. First importance. When he says that, imagine it's like your mom yelling your full name, Mark, Thomas, Essek. It's intended to get your attention, right? Like, hey, this is super important. This is what's most important. You better start listening, kid, right? It's all about Jesus raising from the grave, the resurrection. That's it. It's all about that. What we call Easter isn't really a holiday, isn't a holiday in the Bible. It's not. And I think that's where some of the confusion comes in about this. Yes, something amazing happened on a Sunday a long time ago. Jesus rose from the grave, the resurrection. And I'm sure some well-intentioned people wanted to honor the resurrection. And so what do people do? We make an annual celebration out of things. That's what we do. And so they turned it into a holiday to say, if we do that, everybody's going to appreciate and love the resurrection and everybody's going to follow Jesus. Well, Great idea, but then all of a sudden, now we have all this weird tradition and ritual that has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with the resurrection. Matter of fact, we have a lot of people who think like Christmas and Easter, right? The two big days. That's all that Christianity is really about. These two days, you got to go to church. Those are the two days Jesus wants something from you. Um, it really doesn't affect your every day, just those two holy days. But, but what if that was true with all the other big things in our life and decisions we make? Think about it like this. What if we did that with fatherhood? And you know, I'm a father and the day my first child was born, dude, that was a big day. My son, right? We made an annual celebration of it called a birthday, right? What if the first day he was born, uh, we, we threw a big party in the hospital. We decorated the whole place. We, we played some games, invited the family over, had a big meal. I gave him gifts. I said how much I love him. And then at the end of the day, I was like, all right, kiddo, see you next year. Adios. <laughs> what if I only, what if I acted like a father? Just once a year. That's pretty messed up, right? What about marriage? Marriage, when, if you're married out there, your marriage, you're, the day you got married was a big day, right? 
Husbands, you should be shaking your head like this, just trying to help you, okay? When you got married, it's a big deal. Such a big deal that you made an anniversary out of it, an annual celebration called an anniversary. So once you got the ring, got the certificate, it became legal, it's official, what did you do? You started living like you're married once a year, right? <laughs> Sadly, it's probably descriptive of a lot of marriages, but that's not right. You know it. Students, any students out there? Maybe you're elementary, high school, middle school, any college students? Okay, there's these things every year, right? Big days every year called test days. Maybe you call them midterms, final exams, whatever you call them. They happen once a year. What if you only had to live, what if you only lived like a student once a year? Oh, I mean, I know you're probably thinking that sounds awesome. Well, you probably wouldn't learn much and you definitely wouldn't graduate. Last one. Any Lions fans out there? Any Lions fans? Okay, what if you live like, oh wait, there's really no special days to celebrate, is there? Bad idea. Bad example, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there for all the Detroit fans out there. I, listen, I, that's not what we're talking about when we say Easter every day. And I think that might be part of the problem because a lot of people might be saying no thanks to Easter, no thanks to Jesus, to Christianity, because they don't think it's that great of a deal. It's not that important. It only affects two days of the year or not until we die. So I'll just put it off until then. And this may sound wrong to a lot of people, but listen, the Bible doesn't say that this day is any more important than another. Easter has become more ritual than biblical. Yes, something amazing happened. Jesus rose from the grave on a Sunday, and that changes everything. The early church used to worship on Saturday because they were Jewish, and they were following the Old Testament, which said to worship on the last day of the Sabbath. And they started to worship on Sunday in honor of the resurrection. So today we gather every Sunday to honor the resurrection. But if you think that Jesus lived the perfect life, died on a cross, and rose from the grave to give us two great days a year or even one day a week a year, you're mistaken. I love Easter, the cultural significance and the impact that it's made, but please don't let this holiday mislead you, deceive you, or fool you. The resurrection is not a holiday. The resurrection is a way of life. It changes every day. And that's why our big idea today is this. Let's live the resurrected life today and every day. Listen, when I became a father, when you become a father, that's a 24-7 the rest of your life thing, right? We don't pick, when, pick and choose when we're a father. We're a father for the rest of our lives. When you're married, you don't live like you're married when you want to. You're married for the rest of your life. And the same, even more so, with the resurrection. Well, how does it work, you ask? Well, when you say yes to Jesus to become more like Him, um, when you're, you, know, you repent of your sins and you're baptized, immersed, um, you actually die. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you actually die. Die to yourself. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Romans 6. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. He says the old person that you were, that I was, was buried, died with Christ, and then we, we were raised up out of that water a new person with a brand new life. Listen, we're raised to live a brand new life. Not when Jesus comes back and in heaven, but right now, today, we live a brand new life. Every day in this body, we live a better life. Not just the same life, a better life, a, a more powerful life, a more confident life, a, a more loving and patient. Um, Jesus calls it a, a life to the full. It's a 100% forgiven, 100% right with God life every day. That's Easter every day. Does that sound pretty good? Let me ask you something. Have you been biblically baptized? Have you said yes to Jesus, repentant of your sin, been immersed in the water, and then come up out of that in this new life? 
Well, and maybe right now you're thinking you can't because all the buildings are closed and we're quarantined, social distancing, you can't be baptized. Well, I think we've come up with a solution, a method that can work. It's social distancing baptism via dunk tank. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> no, we're kidding. But yes, you can, you can experience your baptism right now at your home. We can help you with that. Let us know. You can experience this resurrection life starting today. You know that your baptism is actually your resurrection. Technically, it's your first resurrection. It's the day that you begin this brand new life. You see, before we knew Jesus or decided to follow Jesus, we were living our own life apart from God. And we, we start to sin, disobey, rebel un, in, in our unbelief. And when we sin, the Bible calls that our first death. We're separated from God, and God is the author of life, the source of life, and so technically we're the walking dead. We're existing, but spiritually dead. And if we continue in that lifestyle, then what happens is what the, what the Apostle John calls in Revelation is the second death. We experience the second death, which is eternal separation from God in hell. But he also says this in Revelation, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has what? No power over them. When we are baptized into Christ, we come alive spiritually. We come alive. We're forgiven of our sins. We're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, God, with us. And we begin to live this new life like de the second death has no power over us because it doesn't. And that's why the Apostle Paul can go on to say this in Galatians chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ in me. The life that I now live in the body, this body right here, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because of the resurrection, I can live this resurrection life now, every day. That's what Easter is supposed to remind us or let us know about. And I'm not talking about religion, rules, Every day, I'm talking about a brand new life, one that offers hope and peace and forgiveness. Yes, you can have hope right now. Your family can have hope. The whole world can have hope because of the resurrection. Listen, a holiday doesn't give you hope. Eggs and bunnies and baskets don't give you hope. But if Jesus rose from that grave, then you have more hope than you'll ever need. And not just for one day of the year, but for every day for the rest of your eternity. So look, if you're already somebody who has decided to follow Christ, then what difference does the resurrection make in your everyday life? Well, I would say the biggest thing about living the resurrected life is knowing that you're going to heaven, right? That, that changes everything about how you live because you know that there's more than just this life, that death is not the end of you, that there is an afterlife. Jesus proved that. I can't prove it, but when somebody is able to foretell their own death and resurrection and then pull it off, uh, I'm with him. I'm going to believe whatever he says. And what does he say? In John 11:25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Now, knowing that changes my entire worldview and my perspective on whatever is happening around me. And what's happening around us right now? Well, we are surrounded by death in this world. Uh, th this virus, as you know, is, is hitting Detroit hard. We're often mentioned in the news as a hotspot, and we are somewhere near reaching the apex of this thing. And it has affected many of you. You know someone 
who is sick or has been sick or maybe has died. I just did my first and hopefully only funeral for one of our church people who had this virus. And it was just her husband and I standing outside her tomb with a few workers who were there to slide her casket inside. And I wanted to offer words of hope from scripture that God promises a better home and a better body and a reunion with loved ones, that we don't have to grieve like the rest of the world grieves. Uh, that's what makes the death of a Christian different. That's what makes Christian funerals different because we have something to look forward to. And since we're nearing the apex, that means that we're soon going to be on the downside of this curve. And that's a good thing. But could you catch the virus or something else? Yes, of course, it's possible. But even then, it's extremely high odds that you will recover. But worst case scenario, you die. What then? Well, Christians aren't spared from diseases and accidents and strokes and death. But knowing the Lord makes all the difference in how we face death, that we can face it differently, confidently, uh, with, with peace, with hope, that whatever happens, it's okay because live or die, I can't lose. I mean, in the encounter that we're doing on Tuesday nights on Facebook Live, Encounter Live at 7 p.m., I'm leading this devotional Bible study through the letter to the Philippians, which was written by the Apostle Paul, who was in prison at the time, completely socially isolated. And yet he wrote this letter full of hope and joy. And he, he writes in chapter one, I love this, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in this body, well, that will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I, I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So what? I, I live or I live even more. It's a win-win situation. He says it would actually be better for me to die. Why? Because I get to go and be in, go to heaven. I'll be with the Lord. But Paul says, it's also a good thing if I get to keep on living here because that means God's got me here for a reason. I can be productive for him. He's got a purpose for my life and he's got a purpose for you too. I mean, it, if you understand that there is an afterlife, then it changes how you view what you do here because what you do matters forever. Uh, you take it with you into eternity, the way you treat people. If, if they're a fellow believer, you know you're going to be with them forever. So you're going to treat them better. Or if they're not a believer, well, then you're compelled by the love of Christ to share the good news with them so you can take them to heaven with you because that's your main job on this earth. That's why heaven, that's why God has you here. But Paul says, look, if God lets me go on living here, that's good. Um, in fact, that means nothing can touch me right now. Death can't touch me. Because to live is Christ. He's still got work for me to do. It was, it was Augustine in the fourth century who said, man is immortal until his work is done. Do you get that? As long as God has something for you to do that he's working in you and through you, then even death cannot touch you. To live is Christ. All right, so what do you live for? 
If that verse were rewritten for you, what would it say? For me to live is what? Fill in the blank. Whatever it is, is it something that's going to last beyond this world? I mean, do you have anything worth really living for and even more importantly, worth dying for? Paul prefers death. He says, it's gain. What do you gain as a Christian? You gain everything. You've already got all this and heaven too. So it's all gain if you know Christ. Death can only be gain if life itself is Christ. So this Easter story is so relevant for us because we are living in this dark time between Friday and Sunday. Right on Friday, Jesus was was beaten. He was whipped and scourged and spit upon and mocked and, and had thorns crushed down into his scalp and his skull. And he was crucified. The sky turned dark. The sun was blotted out. He died. And it looked as if death and the demons had won. He, the, all was lost. The, the disciples hid. They didn't know what to believe anymore. They didn't know what to do. Their world had just crashed and their hopes had all been crushed. And so they're in that Friday, they're in that Saturday. It looks terrible, but Sunday was coming. Jesus had told them, guys, don't worry, don't fear, I'm coming back. Sunday's on the way. And right now, you may be in that Friday and that Saturday time of life where it seems like darkness and it, the days are uncertain. And you're full of grief, you're full of fear, but Sunday's coming. Jesus has the power to resurrect what seems hopeless. And maybe your health seems hopeless. Maybe your marriage seems hopeless. Maybe some other relationship or some desperate situation, or it's your job, it's your career. But whatever loss you've suffered, Jesus has the power to bring it back. Now, I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what the future holds, but I can offer you this hope and this comfort and this peace and this reason to celebrate because what the world needs now is way more than just another Easter day with chocolate bunnies and pastel colors, don't you think? We need Resurrection Day. Resurrection Day is way more than a holiday. It's an everyday state of mind. It's how you live differently every day. Think about that first Easter morning. Jesus comes out of the tomb. The disciples are overjoyed, but guess what? All their problems didn't go away, did they? The persecution didn't end, but they began to live differently. Their minds, their lives, their, their whole way of life was transformed because look, if I've got this God who loves me enough to die for my sins, to come back to life, a God who is for me and with me and in me, then who can be against me? And they began to take on this attitude that Paul writes about in Philippians 4.13, which is an awesome memory verse and one that you ought to, you ought to know by heart. And, and so say it out loud together with me, right at home. Everybody say it with me. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I love that. Let's say it again. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The resurrection gives us strength to do what we need to overcome our discouragement and our depression and our grief. It moves us forward because I got to tell you, you need Christ not just because you might die today, but because you've got to go on living tomorrow. 
So no matter what happens, I can face uncertain days with calm assurance because he lives. Maybe you recognize the words of that song that I sang as a kid on Easter Sunday. Maybe you did too. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living because he lives. So no matter what happens, let's live each day, every day, this resurrected life. That's the big idea. Let's live this resurrected life every day, today and every day, because everything's gonna take on new meaning when you do, because you've got this resurrection power within you to live differently, to live uh, boldly, confidently, graciously, generously, sacrificially, joyously. So if you're worried, if you're concerned, if you're anxious and frustrated, if you're fearful of sickness, if you're sick of fear, lean into the Easter story and be strengthened because if Jesus can come back from the dead, you can come back from whatever you're going through. Does he live within you? If you're not a Christ follower, let me speak to you for just a moment because um, I wanna ask what your next step is. And maybe it's as simple as just, you're gonna come back next week and join us for a new series. We're calling Key Principles about how to have a more solid walk with God. Uh, we're gonna explore these essentials for Christian living and answer these questions. How do I grow spiritually? How do I know God's will? How do I experience and express love and forgiveness and grace? How do I overcome temptation? So come back for that, invite others to join you. But if you're ready for more, if you're seeking, if you have questions, if you would like to talk to somebody or pray with somebody or you're ready to be baptized, would you reach out to us and text the word DECISION to 734-890-5454 or email DECISION at southpointccc.com. If you're ready to come alive and have that gain of heaven waiting for you, then experience the power of that resurrection beginning today and every day. Make the best decision ever. Put your trust in Jesus as Savior. Turn from your sins, repent, and be buried with Christ in his death, in baptism, and raised to walk in newness of life, cleansed and filled with his presence and power. Let's pray about that. Father, um, what this world needs is resurrection. So thank you for the resurrection of Christ. Thank you for our resurrection in Christ, for the forgiveness that his death purchased for us, for, for the promise of heaven. Lord, thank you for living in me. And now help us to live with that newness, that hope, that not fear death or any other everyday problems and worries. Father, I, I pray for this death around us right now to die, that people will be protected, that you would relieve the suffering and heal the sick strengthen the caregivers and the workers who are keeping us supplied, Lord, and, and comfort those who are grieving. God, help me to remember that there's nothing that's gonna happen to me today or any day that you and I can't handle together. And Lord, I pray that some right now will respond to your offer not to let this moment pass by, 
that they wouldn't make this a one and done kind of thing, but they would decide to follow Christ, to believe and be baptized and rise up a new person filled with your spirit and the assurance of eternal life because we pray it in Jesus' name, amen.